Hey everyone, another edition of Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I'm Channel Partners Executive Editor Craig Galbraith. With me as always, Kevin Morris, our Business Development Lead. Kevin, how are you? Hello from the other side. Craig, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. You've uh, obviously been watching yourself some Grammys. I have. It was a pretty interesting show. There were some really good performances. There were some performances where you wondered what the heck they were doing, probably like our audience feels about us on these podcasts, but uh, always entertaining, and James Borden's always funny. Yeah, I agree. He's funny, and they did the little carpool karaoke thing. It was cool. I, I enjoyed it, but I got to say, I'm feeling a little old. You know, Everybody always says this, but it seems like it wasn't the show that it used to be. That's just my opinion. Well, for sure. So, you know, you were probably super excited when they did the Bee Gees tribute then, uh, based on your demographic. <laughs> well, I can't, I can't say I'm a huge, a huge Bee Gees fan, but uh, I was more interested in the uh, Lady Gaga Metallica mashup, but uh, they messed up the microphone on that, so that came off not so hot. Yeah, that definitely did not deliver, but I did come up with a new idea for when we do these things live at the event, Craig. Oh, what is that? Uh, I think, you know, after watching Daft Punk perform, I think that we should do these things live with giant headgear, like what they wear, so you they can't see our faces out in the audience, and, and I was going to go with a giant cloud for myself. And then I figured maybe okay. you could have a big tablet head for like mobility and IoT. Uh, oh, that's a great idea. That? How did you know I'm wearing that right now? <laughs> well, it's a good thing we don't do video conferences then. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Well, Craig, we won't talk about our Super Bowl picks because we both obviously had that wrong. So maybe we should go ahead and talk about what's coming up at uh, Channel Partners Conference and Expo in Las Vegas. Yeah, definitely. Our education and keynote lineups are just about full. And that includes our Business Success Symposium pre-conference event that is sponsored by Verizon. So now is as good a time as ever to go sign up channelpartnersconference.com. You want to get and register before the prices start going up. Agreed, Craig. It's definitely a great time to register. Uh, early bird pricing, great time. We still have some great booth spaces, some sponsorships that are available. We already have over 40 first-time sponsors and or exhibitors signed up for the event. So in addition to the great vendors that will be showcasing their wares, um, and they do so at every Channel Partners show, uh, as great as their offerings are, you're going to see a lot of new offerings there as well. So definitely a show not to be missed coming up April 10th through the 13th. All right, Kevin, we've got a couple of guests again today. you got to be pretty excited about that. I am. They bring the real meat to our presentation, whereas we just provide the stale bread. I like to think that I add a little spicy mustard to the podcast myself. Gotcha. And I'm the bacon on the top and or on the side. All right, let's bring him in now, our first guest from Bullseye Telecom. It's Brian Babich. Brian, now the uh, new channel boss over there at Bullseye. Welcome. Thanks for having me. How are you guys? We are doing quite well. I'm sure Kevin would say the same. Good. I'll be the miracle one. <laughs> <That, laughs> we, we can always use some of that for sure. Say, Brian, the first question I wanted to ask you is, is you're taking over the channel boss uh, title here from uh, Tim Bossa. I just wondered, are you 6'11 as well? Are we going to be able to spot you really easily at the show? I'm actually 7'1", so I'm a little easier to spot. No, I'm, I'm 6'1", so I'm almost a foot shorter than Tim. But there you go. Nothing I can do about that except stilts. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we'll find a way to find you. Yeah. Now, you've been with Bullseye for quite a while in another capacity. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your background with the company. 
Sure. Uh, a little bit about myself. I've been with Bullseye now for almost 12 years. Uh, I think a notable fact, too, is I came over when we first acquired our Broadsoft switch, which many don't know we have that much history going back over a decade. But I've been in this role, as you said, just a short few weeks. Prior to being the, the VP of the channel here a few weeks ago, I was really the, I was the national director of the channel. And I've done that for four years now. So it was a real easy transition into this role, a little bit more to do back here at corporate now than maybe being the road warrior I was before. Um, and we just promoted someone to take over my previous role here at corporate, Mark Sondergaard, who's been around the industry for a long time as well. 12 years at Bullseye and prior to that, a decade at Telegration. I actually started off my career, ironically, you guys will get a kick out of this. Normally you get recruited into network marketing companies. I was at a network marketing meeting and got recruited into telecom sales. So I kind of, it was like a flip-flop. Spent my first three years in the industry really just doing my own thing, cold calling, no sale, no food, no money. So it really taught me how to maximize my day versus justify it out of the gate. So I really cherish those formative years I had. You know, Brian, I remember when I worked for a channel partner selling Nextel phones B2B, and we used to do those cold call blitzes where everyone would show up. We'd be in one office. There'd be about 20 of us, and we'd just hit the phones, and we'd try to see who could set up the most appointments in one day. Oh, man, those things were brutal, but uh, we had a lot of fun after, at the end of the day, uh, just counting who won and, and then finding out how much success we had in those appointments following up. I sold a lot of Nextel phones back in the day, and I remember those big, I can't remember the model now, but it would sit on my hip, and it would make that that chirping noise, and I'd be in banks or wherever, and I just thought I was, we were the coolest thing, because we would do demos all around the Midwest, and people would chime in from different states, and uh, no one had seen that yet, so that was an interesting wave there with the Nextel phones. For sure, the the old i500 pluses that that were always on speakerphone and everyone could hear you. I still right. say to Craig all the time, you know, Roger that and 104. I still have that lingo, uh, you know, in my background as well. Brian, as we understand it, Bullseye Telecom is a major player within the multi-location space. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're finding there? Sure, Kevin. Yeah, we, we are, and we have been for about 17 years now. But one thing, one study I did in particular, I actually took my last 10 appointments and I looked at accounts that had either 200 locations or from 200 locations up to, I think the largest was about 2,500. And one thing that I found that really excites us is that out of the 10, only three of them have dabbled in, call it VoIP, hosted trials, phones were shipped to locations. Out of those three, two basically stopped their tests and one looks like they're going to go in that direction. So what that tells us is we're sitting in the right spot because we've been basically working on our IP strategy for a long time now, coupled with our ability to do analog. So it's pretty interesting what we're finding and where we're sitting in the window that we believe is about to open. So you guys see this as a real differentiator? Yeah, we, we do. We, well, what we see is that we have a process in place. So we've been an aggregator for a long time on the pot side as well as on the hosted side. But where the two are meeting now out there for the large multi-location national space, it's interesting because a lot of their corporate offices have had IP for a decade, but they're out there with all these locations with analog POTS lines and DSL. So our ability to, to uh, be a broadband aggregator in addition to POTS puts us in a really unique, unique spot, let alone all the other products I'm not going to get into now. But I'd like to just paint a, another word picture of POTS being on the left and our VoIP offerings on the right. So whether that's SIP or hosted, or we have clients out there that, heck, they just want to keep their phones, but they want to put in an ATA because they want to reduce their cost. So whatever flavor 
but we have this bridge to get them there. So to really meet them where they're at, but to get them where they know and where they need to get to for a lot of different reasons. But in the middle of that bridge, we have this four-step process. And it, very simply, it's consolidation, optimization, containing that, and then evolving. And when I'm sitting out there with these CIOs and high-level folks, their eyebrows come up because I know that it's it's simple in what we're saying, but they have so many locations. It's a big problem because they either don't have the resources or they don't know what their inventory is. So the fact that we can truly give them consolidation and then in addition to that, clean up their lines and their features and why do they have so many lines on this particular location or why do they have these features on their alarm line? So we get their inventory right size. They're more comfortable with making that move to hosted, for example, then we can walk them through that. And a couple of really cool things for them is it's in a safe controlled environment. What I mean by that is very simply it's bullseye to bullseye. So we mitigate a lot of that risk of one provider taking over and then having to work it out with another provider and all the billing nightmares, frankly, that come with that. We also do it on their timing versus ours. You know, we can take time to get this done and do it region by region and they're not rushed. So we see a lot of the big accounts that we're winning that are really buying into this four-step strategy and the fact that we can get them there, do some tests, do it region by region, and uh, you know, and get them to complete standardization of, for example, we're seeing a lot of hosted requests right now uh, because they know that they have a lot of phones out there that need to be replaced, and they're doing it in a lot of different ways today that aren't. It's not the most efficient. Well, let's talk about your channel program, uh, Brian. Talk a little bit about uh, what you're doing over there at Bullseye and what your goals are, maybe for the next uh, year or so. Sure. Well, we, I guess it's a good thing. We want to stay the course. We've had some successful years here at Bullseye. We've grown our partner base. Um, I would say we want to obviously grow it. Who doesn't want to grow? We want to go deeper into our partner base. We want to recruit more. We're working more now, like many carriers in our position, but a lot more with VARs, a lot more with MSPs that want to uh, go into their base and sell our hosted service in particular, and then also install it. Um, we also want to go deeper with the we call it the sub-agent community with some of our large master agents. I think we're, we've done a good job, but we can even grow more in that area with training them, getting more mind share. There's so many choices out there. So differentiating ourselves with stories and some of the tools that we have available for our partners is huge. So we want to get that out there and make sure that they know it's available and get really belly to belly with them in their city and train and train their folks and, and get the tools in their hands. Brian, that's that's absolutely great. And as you know, uh, we have our big show coming up, Channel Partners Conference and Expo, April 10th through 13th in Las Vegas. Uh, Bullseye is a premier sponsor of that event. Thank you so much. Could you tell the audience a little bit about Bullseye's plans for the upcoming event and, and where they can find you? Sure. We are located actually right at the uh, registration table. When you walk in, if you've been to the show, to the left or to the right, you've seen some clear booths. So we moved away from doing the booth inside the show a few years back, and we have, call it one of those clear plexiglass type booths that can fit three or four tables, some couches. So the way that we run these shows are we have all of our uh, our channel managers from around the country come, which is uh, close to a dozen now. And really the, the rule is a minimum of 10 to 15 appointments that are set up. So the cool thing is in a couple of days, we typically run about 100 meetings plus out of that booth with partners just coming in, strategizing, seeing how we can go deeper with them, talking to some engineers, talking to our partner support that comes from corporate. And uh, that's typically what we'll do. 
Now, Brian, your timing is great here as our first guest that can be part of a new feature that Kevin doesn't even know about. It's a little sound effect we play when we've got a uh, sponsor or exhibitor uh, from the show on, and it seems appropriate that uh, we have this one for Vegas. I think that sounds great. Uh, I'm a huge fan of winning uh, while I'm in Vegas, for sure. Wow, winning. Now, Brian, we just want you to be careful when you're in Vegas, because uh, I understand that you have uh, some experience of running through gates. And I want to make sure that we uh, warn Mandalay ahead of time that uh, you're coming. Yeah, send them my picture. Uh, I guess I'll elaborate on that story real quickly so people don't uh, scratch their head and, and think, what are they talking about? It's a little embarrassing, but a few years back, I think I was emailing with you while I was on the plane coming out of Florida down by this hotel, the Boca Raton Hotel, which is a, a pretty high-end place we went to for President's Club years back. That was at my last company. And long story short, here I am, you know, and I was probably 240 at the time. I come barreling down like this hill uh, going for a run. And it was a gate. So if you can picture a gate, I'll paint a word picture here for you. And then a guardhouse with a probably a, a three foot little spot in between. And here I am going to take that going, you know, 75% full speed with me coming down this hill. And this guy at the last minute, about half my size, starts sweeping right in front of me. And at the last second, I had the choice to either barrel him like he's coming across the middle in football or go after the gate. So I literally threw my hands up and hit the gate like probably chest high, snapped it and did around six dive rolls and ended up on my back looking up going, what just happened? So it was a funny story. It hurt, skinned my knees and did all that, which was interesting coming from Michigan with sunburn and skin knees. It was not pretty. They called up to my wife uh, who was in the room and said, you know, your husband's been in an accident. So it was just a, a funny set of circumstances I probably can't recreate uh, just while I tell it. But I walked upstairs and she's like, oh, you all right? What happened? I had to explain it. And then the funny thing is, as we left the property every night in the big bus full of all the, the winners, we would go out and they actually, which again, for such a nice hotel, they flipped the gate around and stuck the good end into the other bad end. And then you had this like jagged, uh, almost like a, a jousting type thing sticking out. So that thing would go up and down as we went in and uh, it became quite a story. So that's my barreling into the... Uh, guard gate story. The lesson Kevin would take from that is that exercise does not pay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you got that right, Craig. Uh, I've been living that lesson my whole life. <laughs> Brian, thanks so much for your time today. We appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you at the upcoming uh, Channel Partners Conference and Expo April 10th through the 13th in Las Vegas. Have a good one. You too. Thanks, guys, for having me. Thanks so much, Brian. Craig, we actually have our second guest on the line now here today. It is David Walter, the executive manager and partner and founder of MSP SEO Factory. David, how are you doing today? Uh, wonderful. Here in San Antonio, was looking forward to meeting with you guys and doing this podcast this morning. Nice. Have you been to the rodeo yet? Uh, no, not a big rodeo fan. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, they got a big one happening uh, from down Texas, there in San Antonio. A, yeah, from Texas, but not a cowboy. Ah, uh, gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> You know, David, having you on here is actually quite timely uh, for our audience because one of the big focuses we have here at Channel Partners in 2017 is, you know, the business of the channel. They're coming to our events, going online to find these new technologies, but a lot of them don't know the best way to get in front of the right customers or to present these technologies. So I was wondering if you could tell the audience a little bit about your background and how you came to launch MSP SEO Factory. 
Uh, good question, Kevin. And that is something a lot of MSPs are trying to do is they mainly rely on referrals. In fact, you know, when I do presentations, I like to get the crowd hopped up and say, uh, what's the best lead out there? Referrals, right? What's the problem with referrals? Not enough of them. <laughs> and so that's a lot of MSPs are out there kind of groping around kind of in blind way. You know, once they've built their business over many years uh, with referrals, what's the next step? You know, what do I do next? Essentially, I had a telemarketing company for years. You know, I have a book coming out about telemarketing. Um, it's just not a great way to, you know, outsourcing that. Uh, there's a lot of problems. I won't go into all the details. But, you know, usually telemarketing is not your best fit to go next after referrals uh, because it takes a lot of time. The people, when you're doing telemarketing, if you don't have the right information, it's going to take a long time when you get those leads to close them. I mean, the problem is they're, they're more latent needs. And that's what I said for years is that when you do telemarketing, you've got to understand that they have latent needs. You can literally have somebody sitting there to set an appointment. When you get there, they actually say, well, I'm really happy with my IT guy. And most IT people don't know how to sell. Uh, and therefore, they don't understand that buyers are liars and that while they set the appointment, they pretend to be happy, but there's a latent need behind that. And you have to be a, almost a brilliant salesman to be able to get at that latent need because they don't want to tell you. And so there's a lot of issues with that. If you know how to do it, though, there are some companies like we work with Sata Systems and he did millions of dollars with our appointments. But what I came to do with MSP SEO Factory was realizing that most MSPs really not situated to work with telemarketing. They needed something more in the lines of referrals uh, because referrals don't require a massive sales effort. Those people have so much pain that uh, they, they'll come right out and tell you what their problems are. Um, they're a lot easier to close uh, faster. And so that's why, you know, and I had, you know, with my telemarketing company, we did internet marketing for years and I became very expert at doing that, getting leads. And so that's, uh, I finally uh, partnered up with Johannes and we got together and said, let's, let's deliver what MSPs need, how they can close sales easy. And that would be internet marketing. And so that's how we launched almost almost two and a half, almost three years ago uh, and started building that mantra for original content so that MSPs can get easy to close leads. Let's face it, David, a lot of MSPs and, and others in the channel community are simply just not that good at marketing. And I know that's where uh, where you come in here. Why don't you take us through the basics of SEO and talk a little more about why it's so important to MSPs in the channel community? I mean, I use SEO regularly in my job because we're trying to drive traffic to our website, obviously. Relatively same concept uh, for the partners out there, I imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of hidden benefits of SEO. Because uh, I tell people all the time, even if you have a prospect that's not found, that hasn't found you on search, many people today will still search. You know, I remember one time I did a direct marketing call, got into the client's office, and the first thing he did was look for us on. He turned around and looked for our company online, and you know, didn't find us. And so sometimes there's ancillary auxiliary benefits to being online beyond just the people finding you on search. It's a status symbol. And it's just like you know, it's as seen on TV. A lot of people put that on their product marketing because it adds a little bit of a benefit in terms of, oh, you've been on TV. Uh, that means you must be trustworthy. And so that kind of carries over to SEO. When people, I had one guy um, many years ago, uh, he found me and he said, um, David, I found you on uh, IT marketing. I found you on MSP SEO. I found you on IT sales leads. I found you on IT lead generation. You're at the top of everything. You must be the expert. You know, that's kind of the issue is if you're top ranked, people find you, even if it's not a search. It still has, it carries this gravitas that you're, you know, important and you're an expert. But uh, kind of get into your question in terms of, I, I think you kind of, what are the tools and what do you need to do to get top ranked? I think that's your question. Absolutely. Yeah. And so one of the most important things, and we'll talk about is, is kind of unpacking everything and looking at the core concept. And we just touched base on that, which you hear this term all the time called being a thought leader. And I remember I was at a trade show with the, one of the companies I work for. And after he heard a whole presentation about being a thought leader. 
and he still didn't understand what it was. <laughs> so there's a lot of people out there who probably hear that term all the time. And what, what the heck is being a thought leader? It's critical to being top ranked on Google because what Google's doing is they're not just looking at one aspect. They're looking at an array of things. And my, I have a book coming out about this as well uh, called Internet Marketing Doesn't Take a Rocket Scientist. And the basic concept is that what Google's doing is they're simply, they don't have the formula secret, right? But the formula is dealing with people and how people respond. And so essentially what they're doing is trying to say, you know, uh, take an intelligent human being, what would they do in a situation and how would they respond? And that's part of how they figure out what their Google is, what their algorithm is going to be. So really you don't have to reverse, you don't have to reverse engineer the algorithm. You have to stop and think, okay, what an ordinary person think about in this situation? For example, take video. Would a person rather read 20 blogs or a case study or would they rather watch a 30 second video? Most people go to the video. And so you can start revert, you know, thinking things like that and figure out what the best way to do without, without actually looking at the algorithm. And so if you think about it, if you want to be top ranked, uh, it's almost like getting booked on uh, a Dave Letterman show or say Oprah. Who's Oprah? If she's going to call somebody to be her guest, who would she call? Even if, let's say she's not an expert in the industry. Well, what she's going to do is go, let's find who the experts are, right? Let's find who the authorities are. Uh, so they're going to look out there and, and see where we can find these people. And so they're going to look all over the place if they can find them on the internet or other people's websites or stuff like that. And they find them to be the authority. Well, Google does the same thing. Google's basically going out and they, they want to have the best person to have that search come back to be the most helpful and the most authority and most expert when you type that search in. So they're doing the same thing Oprah would do is who's going to be the best authority, the, the most relevant to the search term. And so that's what you have to figure out. And so one of the core things you have to do is guest blogging. Guest blogging is probably one of the fundamental tools to being top ranked because what it says when, and they're hard to get to, when you can find a company like Channel Partners to actually post your articles with a, your picture and a bio and a link back. When Google sees that, they register that as, oh man, this company must be an authority if these relevant sites are posting their content. So that's fundamental. But the other thing that we preach, the kind of the heart of it is original content on your own site uh, that's relevant and constantly doing that. But even that alone, most in most cases, can't get you top rank. Uh, you're going to have to add other things. Google reviews now is a big part of it. Uh, social media. So you have to be involved in a whole range array of things to really get top rank. And usually if you do as Oprah does, you can't go wrong, right? Exactly. Well, well, David, that was a great description of, of search engine optimization. And, and you know, being that MSP SEO factory is going to be in booth 127 while at Channel Partners in Las Vegas, you know, what else can attendees expect to, to learn from you? And, and will you have those deeper dive conversations with these MSPs on site uh, while in Las Vegas? Hold on, Kevin. We can't go any further without our sound effect. Oh, it sounds like the attendees are going to be winning again if they come talk to uh, David at booth 127. Uh, David, you know, how will they be winning when they come speak with you? Wow, winning. Well, one thing is they'll learn about how we can uh, get them top ranked. And one of the things I say about being a thought leader, maybe you're a thought leader, but you may not be able to put your thoughts down on paper and do all the things you need to do. But if you're going to hire a company to do your internet marketing for you, they have to have a thought leader on staff. You have to have a thought leader there. So you need somebody like me who's been doing this for 16 years that understands all the different situations with, with trying to sell the cloud trying to sell backup and how to explain that to an end user to put that information in an article that would have a thought leader status, would bring some new ideas, new information, fresh eyes to that idea. Uh, but beyond that, what we do for our customers is we consult with them. We help them in an array of issues. So just because you get a lead that's hot and ready on the internet, how are you going to close that lead? 
And so we always give tips on sales. Uh, and we're going to be having uh, our clients to our office in a few months from now and just talking about all the things around a lead. You know, when you follow up, you know, when you get that call, how do you get that person to actually set the appointment? Right. You may have a great lead in your hand, but it can slip right through your fingers if you don't know how to actually take that phone call and handle it correctly. So that's something that we help them with. Uh, but then again, do you, you know, I just talked to one of our customers and found out that he does presentations without a slideshow. Well, people think visually. Did a, a seminar recently and the guy asked everybody, you know, to think of Apple. Then he asked people, did you think of the word Apple or a picture of an Apple? And of course, 90% of the people raised their hand and said a picture of an Apple. So people think in pictures and just that's a little detail of some of the things that we'll be telling people beyond just SEO. We can get into sales and lots of other things when they come and talk to us at our booth. It'll be helpful. And that's booth 127. David, thanks for your time today. I know that uh, attendees at the show are going to really look forward to talking with you. Oh, yeah. Well, we still have David on the line, Craig. I wanted to see if search engine optimization can help you with your basketball game because he mentioned things slipping through the fingers of folks and, you know, throwing you a pass in basketball. Those things slip through your fingers constantly. I mean, I've seen it. David, you. can you help him out there? Yeah, you need sticky hands. <laughs> there you go. Blue on your fingers. So yeah, I don't exactly. know if SEO can help me, but uh, something. I need help, that's for sure. Last tip. This is something we've been asked for the last two years, and we finally figured it out. Is there, there's one hand, on one hand, getting top ranked, right? But people want to know, how does it convert, right? If you're top ranked, how does that convert into actually leads for me? And this is, this is where being a, being a thought leader comes into play. Is, but what we found is when people uh, call some of our top clients, they go out on the appointment. The people ask them about the articles, right? In other words, the articles are designed for, from, a, from an SEO standpoint, from a robot bot standpoint to get top rank. But they're written from a human standpoint with our thought leader information in there with lots of insights. And ultimately, when they come to your site, they start reading these articles. And that's what being a thought leader really is all about is they start reading these articles. They're at a high level of high interest. Very creative pictures, talking, you know, weaving in Alice in Wonderland, Star Wars, popular culture into IT concepts and even fictional ideas. Uh, when they when they do that, they're going to be captivated. And they, uh, you know, one of the things I've written an article about is, you know, when you're Netflix and you binge watch, you want to have so many creative articles on your website that they start binge watching your articles. And what happens is they become convinced that you're the guy, you're the company that really knows all about IT, especially since you're top ranked. And now they love your articles and they call you. And so the articles themselves are what convert people to give you a call. So that's that's something I think that can be helpful for the listeners. Those are some excellent tips. And Kevin could certainly use some advice in being top ranked because his jokes are right down there at the bottom. <laughs> there, there's no doubt about that. But, you know, Craig, you got some advice there on binge watching. So go ahead and plug in Steel Magnolias when we're done with this, buddy. <laughs> Why, Shelby's life is over. I want to know how that baby will ever know how wonderful his mother was. Very nice. Touche, touche. David, thanks again. Uh, we want to encourage everyone listening to this uh, podcast to be sure and join us at the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, April 10th through the 13th. That's at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. That's all the time we have. We hope you'll join us again for another Coffee with Craig and Kevin. Till then. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>